Coming up today on 318 Radio. When it comes to violence in our society, how much blame do video games deserve? And also, I've had a little bit of downtime because of a procedure, and I'm going to let you know what I've been doing to keep myself entertained over the past few days. Hey, it's Shane here. 318 Radio is on the air. Before we get into the main topics today, I want to mention that uh, I've added a few segments and messages from other people to uh, the, the previous episode, uh, which is called Rethinking 318 Radio. I want to mention that because <clears throat> I don't know how how people know that um, unless you, you tell them that you've added some stuff to an episode. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in, in hearing that, it, it's out there. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about, you know, yesterday kind of going in a, in a new direction with with this show. One thing that I want to do going forward is I want to be a little bit more opinionated. And, you know, in the past, I've kind of reserved some of my personal opinions on things and and not been very opinionated because anchor was to me it was more about you know the community of people and for me it was just more important to to get along with everybody than to express my uh thoughts on certain things um now i i feel like since some of the some of that community stuff is is gone anyway. Um, it would probably be best for me to just be myself and and to really give my thoughts and opinions on things. And really, that's more interesting anyway, right? So um, I definitely don't mean to. I'll never mean to, you know, offend anyone. I'll always try to be um, thoughtful uh, about stuff when I say it, but. You know, going forward, you may hear me be a little bit more opinionated than you have heard me be in the past. So the question is, what blame do video games bear for the violence in our society? And of course, with this uh, question, what I have in mind is the recent shooting a couple weeks ago uh, in the high school in Florida, the the mass shooting, um, of course, you know, after that happened, everybody kind of went to their side, and depending on your ideology, you had a different scapegoat. Some people blame the NRA. Some people blame, you know, Congress. Some people blame the sheriff's office. The, the blame started being spread around pretty thick, and one thing I've been hearing recently, I've heard a few different people mention this. Uh, one, I believe, was the governor of Kentucky, but there have been quite a few that have mentioned this, is that uh, that vi- that violent video games are to blame, or at least partially to blame. So then my question is, is that true? Are, are violent video games part of the problem when it comes to these horrific acts of violence like we saw in Florida? Well... The answer to that, I think, is um, maybe. I, I think there 
partially to blame, maybe a, a little bit, like a, like a tiny bit. And I'll tell you why I think that. So, first of all, um, these horrific acts of violence against other human beings are not something new. Now, the, the method that people have been using over the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years, um, where we see these mass killings where it's all happening at one time, that's something that's kind of new to us. But the complete disregard for, for human life and human dignity is not something that's new. Um, you know, look back in the, the 30s and 40s at what Hitler and, and Stalin were doing to, to people. And um, those are just, you know, the, the really big examples. But we could even talk about, you know, serial killers and how people like, you know, Ted Bundy claims to have killed over, I believe he claimed to have killed over 50 people. Um, no, he didn't do it all at once, like like some of these shooters, like the Las Vegas shooter. But you know, he did it over a period of time. But is is that really any different? I don't know. Um, and of course, you know, when we, we look at those in the past, those serial killers like Bundy and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, the BTK. None of those guys were related in any way to violent video games. So that being said, I don't think it's really fair to single out video games or violent video games um, as being the culprit or one of the main culprits behind the violence that we're seeing. Um, now, we can talk about the culture, the media culture. If, if we're going to talk about video games, I think we have to talk about the, the larger issue, which is the media culture. And that's anything from the news media and the way they cover these acts of violence. Um, video games would be a part of that. Also, TV shows and movies, um, music, all of that stuff makes up our, you know, the media culture. And I think it is fair to say that the media culture has become increasingly more uh, violent, kind of um, addicted to extreme violence over the past few decades, and, you know, we could have a conversation about whether that is leading to more um, violence among individuals. I feel like, though, I feel like it's actually the other way, way around. So the media culture really is just a reflection of our society. I don't think we can necessarily blame the media culture for these things happening because really really it's just a mirror of what's already happening in our society um you know in my mind my personal opinion i think the number one thing that is to blame for all these mass killings and things like that that are going on is the collapse of the family structure in our society and so many kids who are who are growing up without uh, mentors or without parents or with parents who are absent, parents who are doing their own thing and not, you know, concerned with their kids. I think that's the number one problem. And, and you know, really, how do we fix that? People really have to start taking personal responsibility for their own uh, family, their own children. It's really the only way that that can be fixed. And, you know, it's sad, but there's... 
it's almost glorified in, in our culture when people do their own thing, when they, uh, you know, have five different kids with five different women and don't take care of any of them. That's something that's really, it's not, if it's not glorified, it's not shamed either. And, you know, someone who was caught abusing an animal, you know, they would be shamed to death on Facebook. I mean, they would just be completely ran out of social media. But yet someone who is being irresponsible and having all these children and not taking care of them, uh, you know, they're not shamed and there's nothing done to them. There's no shame in that anymore in our culture. And in, like I said, in my opinion, that is <clears throat> the number one problem that's leading to these uh, to these killings and, and things like that. So now, are video games to blame? That's really the question, right? So and I said sort of, maybe maybe like a little bit, because I do think once you have one of these situations where you've got uh, kids who are being neglected, who don't have good uh, mentors and, and parents and things like that, and you add in on top of that the, the violent culture, not just the violent video games, but all the other stuff, the, the violent music, the just the whole culture of, of glorification of violence. Um, then, then you start to, to have a formula for something bad. And, you know, they don't all turn into mass murderers. But, um, but it's not good. Some do, you know, become criminals or, or go to a life of crime or at least make some bad decisions. So, so yeah, um, I do think there is a small role that th- that video games do play in this violent video games and when I say video games I really I mean violent culture of, of media altogether it does play a small role now does there need to be some type of legislation where you know violent video games are regulated and blah 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 no I don't think so I don't think so um I just, you know, that kind of thing, I, I tend to err on the side of free speech. And if you start regulating video games, and you also got to regulate music and movies, and you got to regulate books, and it's just a very slippery slope. So, no, I don't think any type of legislation regarding violent video games is going to make any type of difference in... In this, like I said, it, I think we've got to get to a point in our culture where we glorify uh, parents who take responsibility, who do, who do the right thing, who raise their kid right, and you know I hate to say it, but shame the parents who don't. There should be some uh, consequences, and I'm not talking about necessarily like legal consequences, but like consequences within society for people who, uh, are irresponsible and don't take responsibility for their, for their children, um, and and raising their kids right and and teaching them right from wrong and, and basic things like that. So I'll be back in a minute with a few more thoughts. So just to wrap this up, I do not believe that uh, violent 
video games or even the violent media culture is necessarily to blame uh, for the violence we see in our society. I think we really got to start looking at the deeper issues, the, the root issues, and start talking about, you know, what can we do to address that? What, what needs to be done to address that? So uh, those are my thoughts, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So be, feel free to send me a, a message here, a voice message, and uh, we'll talk about it. Okay, we're going to switch gears here talk about something a little different. Now, I told you uh, with this new format that I'm doing here with the show, uh, Tuesday, we're going to talk entertainment. That's why we've been talking about video game violence and its effect on culture. But I also want to let you know kind of what I've been doing entertainment-wise the past few days. So, Friday, I had a procedure, had a vasectomy. And uh, basically had to take it easy. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just basically sat around the house. And, you know, if you're just sitting around, you're looking for some way to keep yourself entertained. So I had some time to uh, to play some games. I watched a couple of shows. And uh, so I'll just kind of share with you what I've been doing to keep myself entertained. <laughs> So video game wise, I uh, really went back and forth between two video games this past weekend. One I've talked about in a previous episode, and it's a game for that I have for the Xbox One. It's called Monster Hunter World. And man, I gotta say, now that I've gotten deeper into this game, it really is good. It really has just sort of such an addictive uh, sort of uh, format where you... You get a quest, and you go, and you hunt the monster, and you come back, and you craft new gear, you know, based on the the materials that you got from hunting this monster, and then you, you go back out and hunt another monster. It's just sort of this cycle that you repeat. It may not sound like the most fun or interesting thing, but I've had so much fun with this game. I cannot recommend this game enough. If you're a fan of RPG-type games where you... You know, you collect different weapons and armor, and you're just constantly trying to upgrade your stuff. And, and if you like that sort of thing like I do, you will like Monster Hunter World. Uh, I, I will warn you, as I did previously, that there is a pretty steep learning curve. Give yourself some time to learn the game. Feel free to look at some beginner's guides on YouTube if you do get this game, because it's... Uh, it's a little confusing off the bat, but now that I've kind of gotten in the swing of it and I understand most of the game, there's still a few things I don't get, but uh, now that I understand most of the game, it is a lot of fun. And, you know, the only thing that kept me from sitting there and playing that game nonstop for the past few days is that my Xbox One is is hooked up on the, the family TV in, in the living room. So if I'm playing the Xbox One, that means, you know, the kids can't watch their cartoons and my wife can't watch her show or or whatever. So 
I kind of have to pick and choose my times to play the the Xbox One. I have to kind of either wait, maybe wait till everybody goes to bed, or um, just you know whenever the TV's not being used. That's kind of the only thing that kept me from just completely going crazy with Monster Hunter World. But I did get to play it quite a bit, and uh, man, it is a lot of fun. Uh, and like I said. I definitely recommend it. If you like this kind of game uh, and you're, you're kind of on the fence about whether you want to try Monster Hunter World, try it out. Now, in the time where I couldn't have the TV and I couldn't play Monster Hunter World, the other game that I played a whole lot of this past weekend was Hearthstone. And that's a game that I typically play on my phone or sometimes I'll use my son's iPad. Um, I used both this weekend. But um, Hearthstone, I know I've talked about it before. It is an awesome game. Uh, it's a it's a card, like like a collectible card type game. The only thing I can compare it with that people might be familiar with, if you've never heard of Hearthstone, the only thing I could kind of compare it with would be like a Magic the Gathering or even like... Um, the Pokemon card game, which I've never played, but, um, so it's that type of a, a card game, but it's electronic, you know, it's on, in, in an app, or you can also play it on your computer, uh, completely free to play, although you can spend money buying packs of cards if you, if you want to, I never really have, um, but I had a lot of fun playing Hearthstone this week, and I have been playing a deck that I found online, it, I, I really like to make my own decks and just kind of be creative uh, coming up with new ideas for decks. But the thing that I find when I do that is that uh, I lose a lot of games when I do that. So I really wanted to try to climb up the ranking system, what they call the ladder. So I went out to um, a website called Hearthpawn and I found a deck for Murloc Paladin, uh, which is amazing. And it's just a super aggressive deck, and I won a lot of games. Climbed way up the way up the ladder. I think I'm like rank ten right now, and I started at like twenty two. Anyway, um, but that's a really fun deck to play. If you play Hearthstone, um, definitely try out that. Uh, it, it was listed in the tier one decks and on Hearthpawn. It's a Murloc Paladin deck. But I didn't, you know. Other than that, I played a lot of Arena. Um, if you listened a few episodes ago, I talked about how I had a, had an encounter playing arena, um, several days ago. What, what was it? Maybe like Wednesday or Thursday, I think Wednesday, where I played against, uh, someone who's very famous on YouTube, famous within the Hearthstone community, um, a young lady named Hafu, and, uh, never... Uh, so since that time I played, you know, I played a lot of arena. I keep looking at the names and I haven't seen any other, you know, famous people's names. Actually, I did see one guy, but I'm almost a thousand percent sure that it wasn't the actual guy. Um, his name was Fibonacci, which is another famous uh, Hearthstone player. The only thing is that I'm pretty sure Fibonacci um, doesn't really play arena. He's known as like, he's known as like a... Uh, constructed player who plays pretty much only 
warrior, and uh, so I'm pretty sure that was not the real Fibonacci, but uh, if it was, he wasn't streaming live because I checked on Twitch during the game, and, and there was nothing on there, so anyway, uh, had a lot of fun playing Hearthstone, and this is a game that I can't recommend enough. If you're thinking about, you know, hey, what's a good free game I could play, maybe play on my phone, uh, check out Hearthstone. It's a lot of fun. It's easy to learn. It's it's not like Monster Hunter World where there's a steep learning curve. Actually, Hearthstone is very easy to learn. Um, there are maybe some more complex strategies as you get further into it, but um, easy to pick up and learn and play right off the bat. So... Those are the two games that I played while I was recovering uh, over this past weekend. I downloaded another game, and I haven't played it yet, but I downloaded it on my Xbox. Um, it's called Fable something. So it's based on the f series of games, the Fable series, but it's, it's also like a sort of like a card game like Hearthstone. Um, so I do want to try that. I'll let you know when I do try it. Maybe next Tuesday when we talk entertainment again. Uh, maybe I can let you know a little bit about that game if I if I get a chance to play it before then. But I was just having so much fun with Monster Hunter World uh, that I just I never took the time to go over and actually play that game. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Actually, those those are the games that I've been playing now. Also, some of the time where I was laid up, I uh, spent watching some TV. And uh, I'll let you know about that. Now on the TV side of things, um, my wife and I watched a TV show that I'm surprised I haven't watched yet. Because I really loved Breaking Bad. I've talked about it on this show before. Um, I thought Breaking Bad was awesome. In fact, Breaking Bad might be my favorite show of all time. Anyway... So, we watched Better Call Saul, and actually we've been watching that for maybe about a month, but we, we finished watching all the episodes available on Netflix, which is basically just seasons one and two. Um, I know season three has already aired, uh, but it's not on Netflix yet, so looking forward to that. I believe they said sometime in March they believe it's going to come to Netflix. Better Call Saul is, uh, is good. I, I'm enjoying it. Now, I'll say, to me, it started a little slow. I mean, to me, most shows start slow, right? But, you know, it just takes a little time to kind of get into any show, to me. But, um, if you get through the first, let's say, three, four episodes, um, and you go on and, and watch it, I, I think you'll like it. Um, of course, Better Call Saul is about the lawyer whose name is not, um, <laughs> in the, in the show, his name is actually, uh, Jimmy, uh, what's his last name? It's, it's an Irish name. I'll think of it in a second. Anyway, um, but in Breaking Bad, his name is Saul Goodman, but, uh, it's not, it's not actually his real name, so the show kind of follows him and his story from being a, uh, a con man who kind of turns his life around, gets his life straight, and becomes a, a lawyer. 
And then as a lawyer kind of reverts back to his con man ways. So he's kind of like a uh, a dirty lawyer. Or at least he is uh, by the time we meet him in Breaking Bad. But this is kind of his backstory. It's almost like a uh, prequel. Uh, a lot of this stuff happened before the events of Breaking Bad. So, um, so yeah. And I know it's a spinoff of Breaking Bad. And if you've never seen Breaking Bad, well couple things if you've never seen Breaking Bad stop what you're doing stop listening to me talk and go watch Breaking Bad and but if you've never seen it and you want to watch Better Call Saul you can do that because there's nothing really nothing you need to know from Breaking Bad you're not going to be lost is what I'm trying to tell you so anyway yeah Breaking Bad is amazing and so far really enjoyed Better Call Saul gonna have to wait for season three to come out on netflix and then i believe season four uh will start sometime in the spring a couple more thoughts before i wrap up this entertainment tuesday goodness that's not going to be the name of this but uh so i mentioned the procedure that i had and you know i've known guys who have had this done and they've said, oh, there's nothing to it. Just, you know, relax for the weekend and you'll be fine. So I know guys that fall into that category. I also know guys who have had this done and have struggled. I've had a lot of, like, pain and things like that for, you know, a week or, or two afterwards. Um, and had a really sort of bad experience. I gotta say... <clears throat> Right now, I'm leaning towards the second category there. Um, it, you know, this has not been this has not been the piece of cake that a lot of people told me it would be. And um, yeah, so um, not to scare anybody, but uh, you know, people may tell you, "Oh, it's a piece of cake. It's easy. Don't worry about it." Um, that that has not been my experience so far. Anyway, um, another thing I've been thinking about. Now, this past Sunday, uh, the Walking Dead, second half of the Walking Dead season started back up. I haven't watched the episode yet. But I'm feeling like the Walking Dead has really run its course. Now, I'm going to keep watching it, and, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll watch it through to the end. I've already watched, what what has it been, eight or nine seasons? I don't even know. But is The Walking Dead dying? Because I kind of feel like it is. I kind of feel like, I don't know. It's like, what else is there for The Walking Dead to do? What, what else is there for this group of people to do? It, it's just... Uh, you know, I don't know. The episodes are kind of hit and miss nowadays. And uh, I just feel like we're, we've got to be coming to the end of The Walking Dead. Now, will they end it, you know, while they're making a lot of money from advertisers and merchandise and things like that? No, they'll probably keep it dragging on for seasons and seasons and seasons. But, you know, when you've got a hit show like that, it really is hard to find that that sweet spot and say okay it's time to it's time to wrap this thing up and uh and end it before it just goes on so long that it ruins the show 
And I feel like that's where The Walking Dead is. Like, if they announced, like, that this was going to be the last season, they're going to wrap up the story, I don't think I would be that disappointed. I think it's, I think it's time. I don't know. If you're a fan of The Walking Dead, let me know. Do you think The Walking Dead's time is, is up? Is, is The Walking Dead dying? And speaking of things that go on for too long and should have ended a long time ago, it's time to wrap up this episode. Now, I'm going to wrap up my part of it as far as my talking and rambling. But if you have any thoughts on anything that you've heard, if you want to send me a voice message, I'd be glad to to hear that and to add it to this episode. Uh, Let your voice be heard, and we'll talk about it. Anyway, I hope you're having a good day. And take care. God bless. And it's time to go to the voice messages. I've got a few messages here. And feel free to go ahead and and submit your own voice to the conversation. And let's get it going. Take a listen. Hey, Shane, I'm just calling in about your topic of uh, is violent video games partially responsible for these mass shootings, mass killings with guns. I lean towards your response. I I sort of agree with you um, that uh, violent video games have somewhat, it's only a slight percentage, like it's a, a really small piece of the pie. But if you're a child and you're exposed to violent video games and you're playing them hours upon hours, games like Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto and and games of that nature, if you're playing those games for hours and hours, it's obviously going to desensitize you towards violence. Um, But for adults who they're intended for, I do not see a problem. I, I don't think that, I think the adult mind is, what I was saying in, in part one is that I don't think the mass majority of adults are affected by violent video games. I, maybe the, there's a slim minority that are, that may have pre-existing mental health issues that might be affected by constant violent images. But uh, I think we need to focus on the kids and make sure that they aren't playing these games. They're not intended for for children in the first place and make sure they're not playing it hours upon hours. Uh, I, I think if we can do that as a community, we'll all be better off. There's definitely games out there that children should not be playing. And to me, this, this goes back to parents, you know, parents know what games your kids are playing. Um, sit down and watch them play. Uh, but unfortunately, and, and this is really the sad part, is that there's just so many parents who they don't, they don't care what their kids are doing as long as they're not, you know, bothering them or as long as they're out of their hair. They don't care if they sit down and play, you know, Call of Duty for 14 hours a day. And, and that's where this becomes a problem. And, you know, uh, this, is, this is why I don't think I don't think there is a legislation in the world that can fix it uh, because it's a parenting issue. 
and <clears throat> and even if we banned all video games, there would still be parents who neglect their children and who don't care what they're doing, and those kids would just, instead of the video game, there'd be something else that they were getting into. Um, so, you know, as much as we like to fix things, and maybe it makes us feel good to pass a new, you know, law or some new regulations or restrictions, I, in this case, I don't think, I just don't think it makes a difference. I, I think uh, this just falls on the family. It falls on the parents to know what your kids are doing, uh, know what kind of games they're playing, what kind of music they're listening to, what kind of movies they're watching. And, uh, yeah, just pay attention to your kids. Thanks for those, uh, thanks for those voice messages. Talk to you soon. Hey, Shane Joe here. Um, just wanted to say hey and thanks. I really enjoyed yesterday's segment. You were talking about, uh, the restructuring of Anchor and how you're going to adapt to the changes. Um, I really liked the thought of Anchor at the very beginning. Um, thought it was really cool to try and build a fan base by reaching out and talking with people and interacting with people. Yet I felt myself more glad handing and just trying to um, suck up to people, so to say, um, to, to get them to follow my station and listen and interact and all that sort of thing where really what I wanted was a format where I can get my ideas, my thoughts, my topics out there in more like a podcast form instead of like an Instagram of podcast or a Twitter of podcast. Um, so I'm looking forward to adapting and changing and putting out more quality content out there in this new format. So thanks, man. Joe, you are 100% correct. Yeah, and... In Anchor version 2, there was always this pressure to not only just listen to other people's stations. I, I have, you know, it's it's easy to listen for me. I can just hit play and, and listen while I'm working. But there was always this pressure that you had to listen to everybody's station and you had to interact with everybody. And it, it put a lot of pressure on you, the listener, to do more than just listen. And... Uh, I, I think version three is a little more listener friendly. I can just hit play and listen. I don't have to feel guilty that I didn't, you know, comment on every segment or I didn't, you know, uh, applaud every segment or I didn't echo something. Um, it's a lot more listener friendly and it's also a lot more creator friendly, I believe, because, you know, when it, when you take that pressure off of yourself, uh, it allows you to be able to just create what you want to create. So um, I find that I'm actually listening more so far on Anchor version 3. I've been able to listen to more stations. I've been able to get through uh, more stuff. <clears throat> so, so yeah, uh, I agree 100% with what you're saying there. And I am. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to uh, the stuff that, uh, I'm going to be talking about, you know, in the next few weeks and then just kind of hearing what everybody else is doing too is really fascinating. So appreciate you sending me that message. I got one other message here from Joe and this one has to do with the, uh, video games and gun violence. Take a listen. Hey Shane, Joe here, just calling again because I really, really like this topic that you're talking about with the, uh, the mass shootings and, um, 
and the cause, the root cause, and you asked a question, are video games to blame? In my personal opinion, video games are not to blame. Um, I, I believe more along with what you were saying that guns, uh, or I'm sorry, that families and the family unit, the family structure, and even if you broaden that out to a more systemic issue of culture and society and community and a lack thereof, um, I talked about this back in an episode February 17th, I believe it was, when there was a active shooter scare in my community uh, at, a, at a local community college. I'd encourage you to go check that out. I'm not just trying to plug it, but it's saying a lot of the same things you're saying. Um, but I have more questions than I do answers about this topic. But can't wait to keep listening. Keep it up. Love the show. Yeah, now I believe I heard that episode when you first posted it. And if I'm remembering correctly, didn't that isn't that the one that ended up being a false alarm? I think uh, is what you said. Thankfully, it was just a a false alarm in that situation, but um yeah, I I'm with you. I I don't know what the answer is necessarily. I know there are a lot of people who believe that they have the answer and if we just pass this law or ban this or that, then it'll be solved. But I just, you know, I don't think it's that simple. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean we should do nothing. Um, and I know I'm getting a little bit off the topic of, of video games, but that's okay. Something I think we could do right away with our schools. And I don't think there would be, I don't think there should be much debate about it on either side. Is we could put more security at our schools, and you know, when I uh, go to work at my building, I work for a large corporation. I work from home, but sometimes I have to go into the building for meetings and things like that. Um, not just anybody can walk in that building. You have to have a badge. You have to swipe your badge at the door, and then the door will open. If your badge is is that is you know active, there are security guards all over this building, and uh, you know why. Why is that building more protected than our schools? Why why is a bank um, more protected than our schools? I don't know. Um, I, I do believe there is a lot that we could do uh, with school security that's not being done. Um, it, it shouldn't be the case that anyone can just walk onto a school campus. That should not be the case. And um, I know the gun debate is going to rage on. And let's let's be honest, that debate is nowhere near over. Uh, the country is pretty well divided 50-50 on that. Um, it's going to be a very long time before any, you know, new laws are made banning certain firearms or banning all fire, whatever the case is. That is a very long process. And even then, you still have to talk about, you know, well, what about all the all the guns that are already out there on the street? Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, it could be decades before, even if that ever does change, let's just say, well, one day in the future, gun laws are going to change. Well, you're talking about decades down the road, but we need to do something now with our schools. And, and I think that has to be just, just beefing up security and, uh, you know, cameras and not, not letting just anybody walk on the campus and, uh, there, there is a lot that can be done. So, anyway, uh, 
I will leave it at that for now. That's that's a, a a can of worms that I wasn't really looking to open, but uh, but there it is. Uh, but I appreciate those messages, and uh, yeah, take care. Enjoying your show as well.